Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time now for the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Postgame Show. Right here on ESPN Louisville. Cards Basketball is also presented by UofL Health. Making the impossible possible. That's the power of you. Kelly Jobs, the employment solution experts. Kellyjobs.com. Bear Nose Pizza. Yeah, it's that good. Cox's Spirit Shop and Evergreen Liquors. Louisville's neighborhood liquor store. UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobsky.com. And Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Now, here's your host, Ethan Moore. Good Wednesday evening and welcome into the Course Light Louisville Basketball Postgame Show as Louisville gets embarrassed at home by a lowly Notre Dame squad, 72-50. to And this Notre Dame team, led by Coach Shrewsbury, is what Louisville basketball and Kenny Payne should have looked like last year. Notre Dame had a plan. Notre Dame executed it. And you could tell from the start of this game that Notre Dame had an identity. Double the post. Rotate if the ball came out of the post to the wing. They rotated so efficiently. They looked like a well-oiled defensive machine. They looked like a well-coached team. Mind you, Notre Dame still on the season is not very good, just 10-16. and 16. This was the basement bowl. Now Louisville finds itself squarely at the bottom of the ACC And Shrews put the screws to KP. There is no doubt about it. From start to finish, Notre Dame looked like the much better team. And of course, with Louisville's ineptness defensively, Notre Dame, without a doubt, had their best conference game shooting the basketball. I won't run down the stats because I know you guys don't want to listen to all that. But I will say this briefly. Notre Dame shot 44% from three and 42% from the field. Out-rebounded UofL 40-37. to I don't know exactly what Notre Dame's shooting percentage was coming in for the season, but I sure as hell can tell you they didn't shoot 44% from three for the season. I know they ranked 327 like in that range. Of course they did. From three-point percentage. Of course they did. Well, they shot 44%. I mean, when you're wide open, you're going to hit more often than not. Right. I mean, again, once, you know, Louisville's defense 
was a no-show, and this is what we come to expect with Louisville basketball under Kenny Payne. An absolute failure of a coach and a failed tenure, embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss. I always do this when I when I host the postgame shows. It is time to run down the numbers under KP. 12 and 47 overall, 5 and 31 now in ACC play, 1 and 26 away from the Yum Center, and out of KP's 47 losses, 31 of them are by double digits. And 13 of those 31 have come by 20 points or more. As we've said for weeks or months on multiple platforms, he is firing himself. He's not getting a third year. If there's fans out there that are still stumping for a third year, I don't know what to tell you. You're you're not living in the real world. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I always believe in being respectful and I'm not going to say mean things. But if you think that somehow KP deserves a third year, you're just not living in reality. Does he even deserve tomorrow, really? No. I mean, again, I we can have a discussion now. Why not? I think he'll be coaching Duke next week. I don't think he should. I think he should have fired him, you know, after the UK loss during that, you know, two week hiatus. And I know Ennis on Monday said he wants this to be it this week. I think he's coaching Duke next week. We'll see you, Ethan. Oh, yeah. I, I still don't think as bad as it is. But I mean, we, we knew where this was going. Like, he's so bad as a coach. Like, you knew where this was headed. After you lost to Kentucky Westland, if you're being objective and being honest with yourself and truly paying attention, hating all of the red flags, you knew where this was going. And before anybody brings up all oh, the injuries, well, Sky Clark played, and kudos to that young man. With a broken rib, getting out there and battling, leading the cars with 18 points, he is your Juan Gomez insurance player of the game. Kudos to Sky Clark. And I want to say kudos to Card Nation because the entire coaching staff and the team outside of Sky for battling through a broken rib deserve to be booed off the court tonight. I was at the game, and I didn't hear much of any boos. And kudos to Card Nation because this program deserved it. Under KP, we're more than likely going to lose at least 50 games in a two-year span. 50! We are guaranteed another 20-plus loss season. I don't know how many 20-loss seasons there, there were, but I can tell you KP leads the way as far as coaching records are concerned. I know Coach Crum in his last, one of his last four years, God rest his soul, went 12-20. and 20. One of his other last four years, they were 12 and 19. Patino didn't have one. When Matt quit, they lost 19 games. Of course, we all know four and 28. They're going to get stomped by Duke next week for loss number 20. They close out the season with three straight home games. They're going to lose some of those as well. 
I think they might win a game there as well. But they're going to possibly have... BC just because they're not a very good oh, no. team. I think I think Louisville has a better chance of beating Syracuse or Virginia Tech than BC. I'm putting BC last. The way they handled them up there. I mean Chestnut that, that Hill. is true. In, like Syracuse, you are a goaltend call the wrong way, but even then the guy was right there to put it back in. But you you played them tight at JMA Wireless Dome. You can play them tight at home, and you might get a win there. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's expensive. For being honest, it, who cares, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if we lost out and you finished what eight and twenty four, it would be a disgrace. Just like if you're ten and twenty two is a disgrace. Yeah, it's again everything. You, no matter how you slice it, it's a terrible season. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, no yeah. chance for another year with Kenny Payne. No, no, I no. he shouldn't be coaching tomorrow, but. You know, that that's a, just I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm sure Josh Hurt knows what he's doing. He has a list of guys that he's going to target when the time comes. Yeah. And, again, hopefully our coach is playing into the second and preferably the third weekend come March. Come exactly. April. So if we have to have a little more patience, cool. I mean, that means the, the next coach at Louisville is having a nice run in the NCAA tournament. That's what we all want at the end of the day. A couple of comments from Kenny Payne's press conference presented by UofL Health, making the impossible possible. That is the power of you. Coach Payne was asked about his job security. He said the following, quote, I'm not really worried about my job security. I'm worried about how I do. How do I get these guys to play better? My mentality is that I want to win every day. I want to win tomorrow in practice. That's Craig Thorpe. Craig Thorpian right there. I went to win tomorrow in film session. Oh, that's definitely Craig Thorpian. I want to do the things to help these young players get to where they need to get to. I want them to become a better team. Well, the only way this team is becoming a better team is if you step down. I mean, this, that's that's the only way because you have failed. At 12 and 47, there's no excuse. Again, with the injuries, Sky and Tyler were back. But newsflash, you had a full roster and you lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. You had a full roster and lost to Chattanooga. Full roster, Arkansas State, DePaul, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a failure. And this is this is another quote, too, that just... I don't know. I don't know if I should just be furious or just laugh it off because it's just, it's just so mind-numbingly just bad and just misplaced. Coach Payne, quote... You want me to tell you why I think this can be turned around? Because these are young people and anything's possible. We've worked really hard. We believe in what we do. How can you believe in what you do? All right, I'm going to continue the quote, then we'll sound off. We're not perfect, but I think these kids care about being good basketball players. I think they care about the city, the community, the university. I think they want to make people proud. Well, if they did, they wouldn't get blown out by a bum team at home. Or they wouldn't lose 20 games in back-to-back seasons. So that's that's just not accurate. If you want to make people proud, you don't lose 20-plus games in a season, period. He continues, I have no doubt about getting it turned around. <laughs> that's laughable. But I've been doing this a long time, so for me, yes, it's a no-brainer that this is going to get done, but it doesn't matter what I believe. I need my players to believe. Well, Coach, if you are... 60 games into your tenure and they still aren't doing what you're asking them to do probably not going to get a lot of results 
a lot of positive results, that is. Your BJ Heating and Cooling Defensive Player of the Game. I'm, I guess I'm going to say Brandon Hunley Hatfield. I think he played with some physicality. He played fairly well. Um, was inconsistent with, I believe, his effort and intensity. But he would be your BJ Heating and Cooling Defensive Player of the Game. Had a couple blocks. Um, call the experts you can trust at bjheatcool.com. Uh, a couple other things. This is what Brandon Hunley Hatfield said. And I think this encapsulates the disconnect just between I'm not between the expectation of the program, the actual results on the floor to what we're seeing. BHH quote, I felt like we brought good energy. Hmm. What? I don't know why we fall apart. No one likes losing. We expected to win this game. Well, you should. The reaction really isn't pre- pleasant, so we have to go back to the drawing board. We have a week to prepare for Duke. Oh, no, okay. I mean, that's all right. Nobody's happy. I just, you didn't bring good energy. You might have yeah. <laughs> individually, but when when your defense collectively looks like a shoot around in the pregame, and everybody, it's like a it's like a three point shooting contest, then you didn't bring good energy as a team. Once again, I saw next to no energy from Louisville at all tonight. Notre Dame had all the energy. And again, I know Braden Shrewsbury is a great player for Notre Dame. He shouldn't be dropping 20 points in between what, five, six, mm-hmm. seven threes. I think it's an ACC freshman record, at least Notre Dame freshman record uh, for three pointers. Again, he's a good player, but that also is such a diva you could exploit. Like next week when we play Duke, they're going to exploit everything. Because they know we're not going to play defense. No. No. I mean, this is... I don't know. It's... Like... <laughs> sometimes you're just so angry. Sometimes you're just apathetic. And and that has to be, Spence, why, just what you were describing, why Louisville fans didn't boo. You know, my wife told me on the way over here that she was like, they just booed themselves because just in their play. I'm like, oh, kind of sums it up. But they deserve to be booed off the court. And I don't say that very often. You know, when you say, well, they're college, but well, now they get paid. So you can raise that ante up a little bit. But very rarely do college athletes, in my opinion, deserve to be booed. Well, this is one of those rare occasions when you get worked by a team that's 10 and 16 and I think their ACC record might be like five and twelve. We'll go through. We'll go through all that as well. We can open up the phone lines now if you want to get in and vent. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number. The UPS Jobs text line is thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine. That, as you can imagine, is on and popping. Somebody texted in eight forty-five. Start the post-game show now. Fire Kenny tonight. Texter says no injury excuse tonight. Shrewsbury greater than Kenny. Shrewsbury's son greater than Zan. Yes, that father-son duo um, definitely uh, got the uh, better end of the deal tonight. Yeah, There's I no sent you the picture. There was a graphic showing that the only two, you know, father-son head coach player duo. It's just so different with obviously Zan being a walk-on. <clears throat> Braden, sure, maybe preferred walk-on. I have no clue that they play. No, and then you know, and listen, Zan plays hard. You know what I mean? It's, it's Zan plays hard. I, you know, I didn't like that time when. He was thrust into the 
getting so many minutes against Wake Forest, and and people were really tough on him. He, you know, I don't, I don't like how people were attacking him. I th- it's it's certainly backed off because he didn't ask for this. It's not his fault that his dad doesn't know how to build a roster. You know what I mean? Like that's not on him. Texer said the game showed that Notre Dame has a game plan, has a future to build off of. Excellent text. Said that in the open. Defense! Exclamation point. Notre Dame returned a total of 35 points of last year's team. They beat Louisville the whole game. This has to be over ASAP. Josh Hurd, pull. Um, please pull a Tom Jurich and fire him. Texter says, 45 years season tickets we left with about eight minutes to go and do not expect to return this season. I think we may be worse than last year at this point. Well, well, Coach said, KP said that he hopes everybody realizes that this team is better than last year. Well, hell, I hope so. You can't get any worse than 4-28. and 28. Can- Last year didn't count, I thought. Or, or is this second year now? I, I thought it was. I guess it's whatever fits your agenda. <laughs> exactly. Kenny Payne. Well, yeah, because... This was year one, but then now we're going to compare that this is year two. Well, yeah, you should have been a lot better. Spencer and I could have could have coached this team to more than four wins last year, and I'm yeah. not even I'm not even kidding. It would be it almost impossible bad. to be worse than you were exactly a year ago, and by then it would be definitive. But I, I seem to remember a couple of years ago during the uh, weird Mac Pegues year, you of all people said this team doesn't deserve to have Louisville on their jerseys anymore. That was a 13-win team. We need to bring, exactly. We should bring that back. I mean, literally after after tonight, after tonight, take the Louisville off the jersey again when they play Duke. You want to have like you should just have the old English L on there, symbolizes what they've done under KP, and that's lose a lot. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad this program has sunk. In such a short amount of time. When you hire a new coach because the, your previous coach quit because you couldn't handle the pressure of being an elite job, he makes it worse. In every metric, in every analytic, Louisville has gotten worse under this head coach and his staff. Every metric. Defense efficiency, offensive efficiency. We don't have a plan. And I tell you this right now, I knew from the outset against Notre Dame what Notre Dame's plan was going to be. Trap in the post, double team, force force any big man. They 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 doubled a core of four as well when he played. But every time Hunley Hatfield got the ball in the post, immediately double teamed. And then, two, what was most impressive, when BHH got the ball out, they rotated beautifully. Like, you could tell that, A, they had a plan, and, B, they were coached. You could tell that instantly. In 60-plus games here, we still don't know. And we still can't tell. Absolute disgrace. And, again, kudos to the cards to Card Nation for all the fans who are out there that didn't boo, because this team and coaching staff deserved it outside of Sky Clark. Let's open up the phone lines. 8150-939 is the number. Steven leads things off on the Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show. Hey, Steven. Hey, how you guys doing? Well, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we've been better. Yes, we have. Hey, 
But a couple of things here that I want to kind of point out, because obviously this, this radio show tonight is going to go very, very much the wrong way uh, in terms of, well, not the really the wrong way, it's the most consistent way these last really two years have been. So what I can say is I kind of, um, you know, the booing and the not booing is, is, is a great point. I'm glad you guys brought that up. But really, guys, they really kind of deserve it. I agree with oh, you yeah. because it's totally different now. These kids get paid. And and it starts with that coaching staff to have a, a, a want and desire, and all he preaches about is the fight, is the fight, mm-hmm. and all this. And that's ridiculous because it's a different element now because these kids are getting paid. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the roster being flipped like it was because, really, if you look at, if you look at the, the, the team makeup, it really did totally flip almost. I mean, you got uh, Mike James and uh, uh, BHH and, uh, well, JJ, but he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but really, we got, we got a new cast. And you look at how these kids ranked coming out of high school. Yeah. On paper, this is one of the best rosters. Now, paper doesn't play. I get it. But this is one of the best rosters that we've had in years. Like a lot of years, and the and the and the performance is totally horrendous. You know, he wants to say we're better than last year. Well, no, not not really, because if you look at the strength of schedule, and the and the worst than mediocrity of our conference this year again, it re- I, it's 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 uh, it's amazing that the ACC has had back to back really bad years. Um, and, and, and we're five and thirty one in that stretch, Stephen. <laughs> Yes, uh, five and thirty-one. So here's the deal, and I'm gonna start to show off by this. Ohio State made a statement last week, firing their coach who had a winning record, a winning record by a bunch actually, and he had taken what three or four teams to the dance in his first three or four years. I get that he fell last year. He was fourteen and eleven when he got fired last week. Um, terrible Big Ten. Ten. Um, Record, but here's the deal with this. Ohio State's AD came out and said, "We have a standard here." So, you telling me that Ohio State standard is 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 more than local basketball standard? These guys don't deserve another day on that sideline, and that's it. I mean, and I'm talking Kenny, Danny, and Nolan gone. You put Reese Gaines at the helm starting tomorrow for the rest of the season. There'll be butts in the seats for our last three home games because they'll come and support the kids and support Reese and, and, and let these guys finish it out. But what we have to do, you can't let Ohio State get a jump on, on the next coach because Ohio State's already got the board going. You know, you got the Nate Oates and you got uh, – uh, you know, you got all the wish list guys, Scott mm-hmm. Drew and, and all these guys. Same guys we're going to go after, right? Mm-hmm. And so Josh has got to do this. Don't, leave, don't let this wait because the transfer portal opens on March 15th. And, and we're going to have a flipped roster. And we've got to at least get something on the, on the floor next, next year to compete. Yeah, um, time is of the essence, know, there's no doubt. Time is of the essence because this – there is no way 
and, and you know, we, you guys have done a great job with this. And I've been on the I've been on the show a few different times here with you guys, and and I love listening to it. But now it's enough because now it's it's beyond embarrassing. Now, really, I mean, we were on national TV tonight, and you know, on ESPNU, and uh, I'm actually up in in Ohio right now. Um, so, uh, and I watched it. And we are a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and so this is just way, way beyond unacceptable. Um, he cannot let this go anymore. It's you know, have him hit the pavement tomorrow. We, the five hundred two, and, and and the and the alumni and the support that Louisville basketball has brought for decades, it'll be there. We'll get this taken care of. It just needs to. It needs to happen because you, you, you hit around the head. Times of the essence, and we got to go because if not, we're going to miss this train. And it could be. And it could be some years because because this this next coach will well. It has to be a home run, Stephen. It's got to be a home run slash grand slam hire. It has to be. It has, it has to, be. to be. Yeah. Has to be has to be a grand slam, and it's really probably the most important coaching hire in the athletics program's history. I, um, I don't think I don't think you're mistaken at all with that. Absolutely, with where we are now. Thanks for the phone call, Stephen. Yeah, man. Not just with basketball, but in terms of Louisville athletics being in the ACC and with the ever changing college landscape. You know, you got the big two in the power four. You have to get this coaching hire right. And that is why it's just preposterous when you have any mention of a year three. It's like, no, like you just, it's nonsense. It's nonsense because you have to move on because you have to keep up um, with the Joneses. You have to keep up. If you are a top six or seven program of all time, like we know we are, you have to act like it. And that means getting the buyout for KP. That means buying out another coach at another job. Like, we don't have the money. Well, we got to find the money. Period. 8150-939 is the number. When somebody drops off, you can drop in. Thomas is up next on the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Postgame Show. Hey, Thomas. Hey, what's going on, Ethan? Man. I'm telling you, it's, uh, you know, at this point in the in the year, man, after two after almost two full years of this, man, it's like insane. I mean, what do you say? There's there's no there's no there's no more words for for what's going on with with this uh, basketball program. It's it's pretty bad. You know, the defense the defense actually is statistically worse than it was last year. Um, you know, and we're almost at the bottom of Division One, and defense is terrible. Mm. You know, boys, boys don't play any defense. The the three-point defense is non-existent. Mm. You know, I mean, we allowed um, – seems like almost every team we played this year that, you know, even the teams that aren't good shooting teams like Notre Dame seems like – I think because Notre Dame was like 26% on the season or something or 27%, not very good. You know, go out and get 44% on, on the night tonight. You know, it seems like it's been like it's been the same. I told a guy we were at the game actually tonight, and I told a guy next to us. I said, "Man, it's been like watching the same movie all year long." Yeah, you know, it's like watching it's like watching a rerun. You know, it's it's you know, I don't know what to feel at this point. It's like I mean, the the anger part of it, I think, as a fan, it's like the anger part of it's you know, I don't feel that anymore because like 
I don't know if it's just being numb to it or like just growing accustomed to seeing super bad defenses, but you know, like the like previous caller said, man, the the higher I mean it's it's gotta be I don't I don't know. I I, I know every fan's different, but for me personally I think it's gotta be somebody defensive minded. You know, they gotta get um somebody that's got a defensive background, I think. You know, and I know a lot of people don't like Chris Beard because of the baggage, but it's like, man, he's he's produced results, and he's you know he's putting he's he's put some players in the NBA, and it's not you know, and he get and he can get the players in here, um, you know, and I and I don't think it's a, I don't think you have to ha- have a total roster overhaul because I think there are some good pieces here. Sure. I mean, there's a there are some very good. I mean, like Kyle Lauer. I mean, he he's like a he's like Russ two point oh man. I mean, his motor and everything. I know he was dealing with a concussion and stuff, you know, last week or two or whatever. But you know, so I know he's getting his feet back under him tonight. And he I mean, he looked he didn't look that great. But um, you know, we can throw that to just the coming back from concussion. But you know, he he's a good piece. You know, defense, defensively, I think he would be. I mean, for the next two or three years, he could be a stud on defense, you know. And then Brandon, Brandon plays really good defense when he wants to play, and you know, and Mike, Mike James can play some defense when he wants to play it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not like, it's not like up in St. John's, you know, where they, you know, where their whole team is unathletic and mm-hmm. you know they're they're terrible and laterally, you know, and. Um, I mean, there's some guys here that I think with with the right kind of work to be done with them, they they can I think could play good defense. I mean, and they have played well offensively. I haven't been I haven't really had anything bad to say about the offense because the offenses look pretty good for the most part. You know, for a good chunk of the year, except you know minus this game and then you know last game against Pitt. But um you know, I think there there's a lot of good pieces. I don't think you have to overhaul totally, but I mean, you can go out and get, you know, two or three grad transfers or something. I mean, they they definitely need the guys that have been in the tournament. You know, some pieces that have been there and you know can, you know, work with some of these younger guys because they do have a pretty young roster still. Um, yes. You know, and, and not a lot of guys with with that experience. I mean, I don't think anybody on the team's played a tournament game to be honest. Um, so. You know, they, they got to go out and get some grad transfer guys, too. You know, and, and I don't think – I mean, it really it really does no favors to wait until April 1st other than save yourself $2 million. But big whoop, I mean, there's boosters and, you know, <laughs> alumni that I'm sure would love to write that $2 million, extra $2 million out for them to get, to get him gone because, I mean, they, they can't – they cannot miss on this because it's – you know, I mean, we're, we're in a uh, rock and a hard place now. And, you know, I mean, we're – I mean, literally, I hate to say it as a fan because I've been diehard since you know I was I was young and fell in love you know with Louisville basketball <laughs> at a young age. So you know, I, and I hate to say this, but it's like if if we don't make the right hire, I mean, we're we're looking at going towards the same direction Indiana has been in in the last twenty plus years. You know, where they you know they maybe made the tournament once every. Four or five years, I mean, they haven't done anything relevant, and I fear that, you know, if, if we don't get this right and get this thing back on track, we're going to end up looking like them, guys. And it's, yeah. You know, I, I don't want that as a fan, you know, as a diehard fan. And, you know, I, I and, and the ACC is down as it's been. I mean, being, I mean, we're right there. I mean, it, it takes 
you know, we could be back at the top in two years, you know. I mean, and, and rebuild next year, and then the year after have a, you know, we could be right back at the top, you know, one or two in the ACC. It's not like anybody's really running the conference, you know, and, you know, we could really be a player for the next five to seven years if we get the right person in to where, you know, it, we get it back to, to what it was, you know, and being back on a competitive level and being being Louisville basketball, man. This is not Louisville basketball, and, you know, and Kenny doesn't have a clue, man. It's it's, it's, it's obvious, it's, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's you know, brutal. I just I have no more words, guys, and, you know, and for and always, it's always going to be go cards. So, you know, as That's always. That's what's up. Yep. I appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thomas. L's up all day, every day. Jake, you're up next on the Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show. Hey, buddy. Jake, you there? Jake going once, going twice. Steve, let's go to Steve. Spence, Steve, what's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing, man. Thanks for letting me in. <clears throat> you know, as a caller to these shows, it's really it, it's hard anymore to uh, try to bring anything different or new or thought provoking or anything like that. But I mean, I will say one thing tonight. Uh, you know, just perusing the perusing the old socials and stuff here. It seems like this might be the uniter. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of bad games and a lot of bad losses, but I think really everybody went into this with some good energy and, and really feeling like this was going to be a win, especially, you know, hours before the game, you get the news, you're going to get both guards back. You feel good about uh, Clark for playing hurt. You know, I think he's a dog. I think he's a team guy. Um but then the game kicks off, and by the end of it, I'm kind of like, and like you said, you don't want to boo the, the players, the athletes, or anything. But and this is one of those games where, when we talk about making a change, I'm like, I don't really care about any of you guys. I mean, I, we can do better. We can get better. I don't have to hang on the needs or wants of a player. I'd want everybody's experience as a U of L athlete, especially a U of L basketball player, to be great and positive. But you know, I don't. I really don't care whether any of these guys are back. It starts with the program. It starts with a new coach, and whoever that is. There's there's a hundred people right now. We don't have to be dreading about. Oh, it's got to be the perfect hire. It's got to be. There's a hundred people in college basketball that do can do better than what poor Kenny Payne has. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm almost to the point that the anger has subsided. The the concern has subsided. It's it, I really, especially tonight's press conference was was damn near sad because he doesn't have a it, clue. Always, no man, he just doesn't, and it, I feel so bad because I honestly do, man. I feel like if he he could be on the Leonard Hamilton path, I, I feel like if he would have if he would have started someplace else, and and you know figured these kind of things out, the communication thing, the the you know what's what it takes thing and all this stuff here the things that he's he thinks he's got all this time here if he would have done that someplace smaller mm-hmm. where the expectations where he was just kind of hid away and then you know I think he really could I think somebody could coach into his seventies and, and had a had a good run you know and, and done some things but that's not the case I mean it's just not and this was a a horrible place to be because this was going to be a hard job for anybody. Sure. This was going to be a hard job for whoever took that spot, and he just was so ill prepared. And now we're at where we're at. I don't think he'll get canned tomorrow. I don't think 
that, you know, I think this rides, I don't think it goes till April 1st. I don't think the money's an issue as far as the buyout or any of that kind of stuff. I think it's over. Hopefully, like I've said before, it'll be over mercifully, you know, at least by that Friday. We'll play on Thursday. We'll lose. And, you know, Friday afternoon, news dump. They they meet, they can, they can him, and we move on. But it's got to stop, and, you know, a couple more weeks it will. But it's just, it's to the sad point now. You know, you can beat a dead horse all you want to, but it's just sad all the way around. I, I think the players tonight's kind of that game they spit the bit. Uh, you know, that you can't really, you know, they've bounced back and they've shown some resiliency, but I just, with Duke coming up, they're they're fine tuning and they're getting ready to to try to put a run together. They're not gonna yeah. overlook or anything. They're gonna beat the dog out of them. Uh, and then these three last home games are gonna be the same kind of sadness, you know, that we're that we're rolling into. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's almost over and we'll see what's what. And this will be the next big entertainment. You know, we won't have a tournament to be entertained by, but we'll be entertained by the search. Oh and, yes. And unlike the last time, I was really excited about Kenny Payne. I'd have fought anybody that said anybody different, that kind of thing. I really was, because I really thought that it was going to be organic, it was going to be perfect, he was going to be our guy, that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm so open-minded right now. Like, lesson learned in life, man. I'm 50 years old, been a fan forever, and lesson learned. I'm I'm open. I'm going to get excited about whoever it is, and just hopefully it's it's the right thing. Hopefully they bring some energy. That's the biggest thing, man. Hunger. Hunger and energy. I want to do that'll hunger game for this for this job. You know, fight. You know, when, when you interview for this job, fight, fight for this gig. Right. Come with a plan. Come with some energy. Come with some reverence for the program, and and just know what you're doing. So I'm not I'm not down and out on any names, man. Appreciate the time and thanks for staying sticking around, staying up late for these things, man. Thanks. No problem, Steve. Yeah, I was at the game tonight, and again. Mad shouts out to the fans in attendance, but it was so listless and it was just, it, it was just, it was eerie how just kind of like, like the pregame warmups, it was just, people were just there. I heard the only time they ever got really loud was when they showed Jeff Brom on the Jumbotron. You're 100% correct. Yes. Which, that's a coach who knows how to beat Notre Dame. Just saying. Right. Right. And yeah, that was by far and away the loudest the the crowd was i think the second loudest was a couple of the stomp teams that performed at halftime that were that were awesome uh, it wasn't certainly anything um basketball related because it was just people were just there it was like the vast majority of the fans that were just there taking it in were there because you know they bought the tickets and they just felt they needed to go since they already bought the tickets it was just kind of like that even when Louisville made its mini run late in the first half it was just kind of like Good. It's just, it's not, it's not Louisville basketball. Before we get to Dr. Soon, I did a little bit of quick research. Over the last 80 years, so going back to the 1944-45 season, Louisville has just two 20-loss seasons in school history. So that's under John Dromo, Peck Hickman. And again, back then, they didn't play as many games as they do now, but they played around 30 or so total. Now it's up to, it could be 40 um, or maybe high 20s. So you're still within the threshold to potentially, if you're that bad, to lose 20. Under KP, after we lose to Duke next week, Louisville will have three 
20 lost seasons in the past 80 years, and KP is responsible for two of them. Again. That's unacceptable. He's firing himself. And I, I think maybe a better thing is lowest winning percentage in school history outside of you know, the 20 losses. Because I'd like to see where this year's team matches up historically in terms of winning percentage. Because last year was the worst, unless there was like a 0 in like 6 team, like 1913 or whatever. But that's probably another. But either way, it's not acceptable here at Louisville. Not acceptable really anywhere, but especially here. Like 20 losses, two years in a row. That's automatically you should be fired. Texter says, is there a Division One coach with the worst record in a two-year span? I don't think so. No? Because I think Kevin Stallings wasn't even as bad at Pitt. His first year was, by his standards, decent. But not by any other standards. It, yeah, it wasn't. And he went... Ofer one year in the ACC, but I, it wasn't his overall record. I think was much better than what there Payne's might done. be. Uh, like I think I remember like Coppin State, like looking them up when we played them earlier this year. There might have been like, at like an HBCU where the resources just aren't there, unfortunately, where a coach has gone you know really bad a couple years in a row, but they usually have a longer leash, just given you know the circumstances at those schools. But definitely in the Power Six. There's never been anything like this, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know that you know. There's a lot of fans out there. Fire him tonight. Fire him today. I get it. But trust me, like the timeline of the buyout doesn't matter. It's going to be there. They're going to move on from him. And again, I said this on LSL last night. I feel like, and again, I get it when people are frustrated with Josh Hurd. I do think though. After the end of the season, it's going to come full circle. The, those pieces are going to be put together, and people will realize, okay, I get it now. Again, and I, I totally understand the frustration. I was right alongside after the, the loss of the team up the road again. I was like, all right, we're making a move. When are we doing it? I did that I did that post game. It was like, all right, well, next 48 hours, we should hear something. Nope, nope. So we'll see. Let's go back to the phone lines. 8150-939 is the number. Dr. Soon, you're up next. What's going on? Hey, Ethan. You know, usually when I call in, um, it's been Ennis that I've been giving a hard time to. <laughs> I don't think I've ever spoken with you, so hello and nice to chat with you. And in that vein, let's have a chat. So usually when I call in, we've won, and I'm super excited, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. And, you know, feeling like getting lucky. Well, we're all out of luck in this house. Um, and it's really, um, tonight a word I would use is not mad, not sad, not frustrated. I'm disgusted. That was the battle of the bottom of the barrel of the ACC. And we got absolutely dog walked. So embarrassing. But let me ask you a question. So how old were you or what grade were you in when you filled out your first bracket? Probably, uh, what, 13th, 7th grade, something like that. Okay, me too. I was in 7th grade, Ethan. My buddy was sitting out with a piece of paper, filling some lines in. I said, what is that? And he said, what? And he told me all about the glorious thing that the NCAA tournament is. You know what year that was when I filled out my first bracket? 1986. 
Mm -hmm. I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota. We moved to Louisville in 2001 so I could continue my medical training here. I was so excited. I got season tickets as a student that very first year, and I've had them every single year since. Granted, better seats now since that year. Die hard fan. Okay, so this is just really, really hard to deal with. Now, number two, you're a teacher. Yes. I, as a physician, have also taught medical students and gone through a lot of teachers in my day. I think one thing that we forget to talk about and forget to think about is the teaching with these kids. Coaching is just another word for teaching, basically, in my opinion. I feel so bad for these kids, Ethan. You know, you can tell when you see a student who's been taught well or coached well versus a student at the same level, the same skill set that has not. That second student is far behind. These kids that are playing for us, for this city, they have a dream. And this is not fair to them. They deserve to be taught better. They deserve to be coached better. They don't have K through 12 to be held back one year where it doesn't matter that much. They have four or fewer years to get it done. And I think we forget about how consequential this can be to them and their future. Okay, point number three. Do you know what Stockholm Syndrome is? Yes. Okay. So I'm not saying I want everyone out there to not freak out and think that I'm saying this equals abuse or anything like that. I am not. I'm a physician. I'm very well aware of those lines. So I'm not trying to go there. My point is, though, somehow I keep going back to these games. I'm in the Young Center every damn night we're playing at home. I even went up to Madison Square Gardens this year for the Empire Classic. And I think to myself, why am I subjecting myself to this? But yet I can't tear myself away. It's just such a um, dysfunctional situation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I felt I yeah. felt the same way. And I think, too, right before you, you we brought you on, I was at the game as well, and it was just like, it's the twilight zone. Like, even when we made a run, the fans were just kind of like, huh, yeah. And the starting lineups, huh, there was nothing. There was there was no there was no buzz in the arena. And I don't blame the fans because, hell, you guys are out there. I mean, you're out there every game. And I get it. Right. And, and I'm watching this. And, two, we're covering it as well. But it's just like, what are we doing? Why am I doing? Like, what? Why am I exactly. sitting through this? And it's because it's ingrained. It was ingrained in you starting in 1986 when Louisville won its second of three national championships. That's just part of exactly. the fabric of your of your being, the fabric of this community, and the fabric of this fan base. And that's why it just riles everybody up when the team is so bad. And it doesn't have to be. It didn't have to be this way. Right. But yet there we are, just slogging 
through the mud. You know, it's just, um, it's truly, um, I can't find words for it. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist, but they have a diagnostic and statistical manual of psychiatric disorders, and I think they're on edition five at this point. Um, You know, where do I put woeful Louisville fans in that manual? Like, it's just... um, it's reached a point of crazy town. It's truly crazy town. That's what I feel like. And that frustrates me so much because I love this program. College basketball is my favorite sport. It was my gateway drug into all sports. Um, and I just, I, you know, I just really feel bad for these kids. This is a disservice to them. It's hard enough for us as fans, and I feel bad for the fan base. I really do, but I feel the most bad for these kids because they are being held back, basically. Um, so anyway, you know. Um, well, Dr. Soon, I appreciate you calling us. in. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'll look forward to your phone calls to, uh, to Mark uh, during the football season. She's called in after like the Notre Dame game, and I think maybe the Wake Forest and the year before, both Sam Hartman games. And those, oh, I remember. She's I remember Dr. all time calls on those post game like, shows. Like I didn't remember the name like on the screen, but then once she started speaking, I'm like, oh yeah, like I know I was Everyone on. Knows I was on seventy one, going back home when I heard the infamous call um, after that Notre Dame game. So, Dr. Soon, thank you very much for calling. Don't be a stranger to the Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show. Um, I did get a text in here. I think this is fantastic take. There's a huge difference between coaching and teaching, going off with what Dr. Soon was saying. This team is overcoached and undertaught. I love that. This team is overcoached and undertaught. Yeah, you might coach them at something, but you didn't teach them. Like and, and, and you telling them's them. not teaching them at all. Exactly. And how many times? And that just that speaks to what KP's answers are in the pressers. Like you're just saying stuff. Well, I'm telling him to do this. Well, how so? You bring it back to teaching. Well, okay. Did you model it? Did you like? I'm a visual learner. Like if you tell me something and it's multi steps, like you might as well just be talking to that wall. But if you show me as you're describing it then I'll get it quickly. Like, what are they doing? Are are they teaching? I mean, obviously not, but they need to be teaching to their learning styles of their players. And then if they get it wrong, do it again. Repetition is key as well. But then also, too, you got to change it up. If it's not working, change it up. KP saying over and over and over again, well, I'm telling them to do this, and they're not. I tell them to fight, but they didn't. That's a concern. I want to win the film room, like, stop it. That's just, he, it's, it's painful, pun intended, to listen to him speak most of the times in these post-game pressers because it's evident he doesn't have a clue. He and, doesn't. And, uh, like, a, a, I don't really know if you want to say good coach. An average coach has matchup-specific game plans, where it's like, like Pittsburgh, we know they shoot three-pointers. Notre Dame, you know, before tonight, they're not a good three-point shooting team, so we can, you can sag off a little bit. And, you know, guard the post, guard the paint. But 
they just seem to have if they do have a game plan it's the same game plan every day put five guys out there and do something yeah yeah and you saw that too again evidence every time bhh got the ball in the paint double team when they kick it out they'd rotate notre dame offensively they would very crisp ball movement sometimes they would attack in the paint if nothing was there they did force a couple they did they, they forced several uh layups uh, they tried to attack the the rim, especially in the first half. They didn't do that as much in the second half. <gasps> a little adjustment after halftime, but then you saw you saw what Notre Dame wanted to do offensively and defensively again, instantly, almost. Okay, and they did that time and time and time again. And then what's Louisville doing defensively? They still haven't mastered a rotation defensively. You saw Notre Dame do that over and over again in the first half. Like, if Notre Dame and any Louisville opponent, more or less, especially in the ACC, makes two or three, four ball reversals, it's a wrap. Somebody's getting a wide-open look. And and Notre Dame, with all those misses earlier in the first half, they could have won by 30 if they had hit all those open looks. It's just it, it's a disgrace. It, it, it's absolute disgrace. 81-50, 93-9 is the number. You're listening to the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Postgame Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. Allen is up next on the program. Hey, Alan. Greetings, gentlemen. How are you? Man, I tell you what, I'll be I'll be better when this season's finally over with. I hear you, brother. Well, I'm, I'm coming from about 180 degrees opposite from the doctor because I, I cannot submit myself to watching that crap. There's no way I can... Uh, <laughs> There's no way I can make myself do it. I can't think of a reason to go down there. I guess if uh, you want to see a really nice arena or maybe some good-looking cheerleaders, give high fives to Louie or something, I guess that... That might be worth going down there, but it's gotten to the point, my friends, that um, have you guys ever gone to one of these drive throughs and these kids have no idea what the hell they're doing, and you get out of the drive through and your order's completely wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Kenny Payne. And and it's getting to the point you're going to have to do that. You're going to get to a drive through you're going to say, my burger's totally wrong. Kenny Payne, did he make that burger? And, you know, you see those cars that drive through a plate glass window downtown, some big fancy Nulu area, and you're like, how did that car drive through that building? Now we're going to start saying, was Kenny Payne driving that car? That's how bad it's gotten. You're going to start wondering. Anything that you see is completely destructive in society. You have to wonder if Kenny Payne did it. You ever, you ever hear of somebody who won the lottery and they just wasted it and they blew it away? That's Kenny Payne. He didn't earn it. He's been very wasteful with it. What do you think? Alan, I, mean, I think you're spot on. I appreciate the analogies, man. Yeah, it's just like if it continues to happen, like there's a common denominator. And that's the coach. Like, I, I like the drive through analogy. Like, if you order something, like, you have those expectations. If you order something, like, that's what you want. Well, expectation for Louisville basketball. I mentioned this in the opening of the show. What we saw tonight from Notre Dame is what we should have seen from Louisville in year one. The Irish right now are 10 and 16 overall. I think they're 5 and. 11 in the ACC. Again, not great by any stretch. We wouldn't be happy. But I think most of us in year one of KP would have been content at 10 and 16, 5 and 10 in the ACC because you would have seen progress. I believe, and I'll, I'll double check, I think this is their third win in a row. I mean, we we can't win multiple games in a row here. We haven't certainly haven't done that in ACC play. It just goes to show you when you have the right coach, you can just tell. And you could be 10 and 16 and still know you have the right coach. 
8150-939 is the number. Jason is up next on the program. Hey, Jason. Hey, Ethan. Uh, thanks for doing this again tonight. And I had to, Alan, yeah, I had to laugh at a couple of those because they're pretty spot on. But uh, one of the things, and, I'm, and Kenny hit on it again, and I'm, it's it's kind of one of his greatest, not one of his greatest hits. Maybe not one, of, you know, not the you know, got a fight greatest hit. But I'm, uh, it just one of the things that just makes me angry is when he talks about, oh, we knew it was going to be such a tough rebuild, and it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> right. Not in this. An age, and yes, I mean, it was bad. Nobody, nobody is. Everybody knows it was bad when he got here. You know that there was it was a rough situation, but it's not like it was. But it wasn't that bad, you know. And that's one thing I kind of bat. I won't say I didn't really battle, but you know, it's some of the things I would see last year when people were like, well, you, you know, well, you just you don't know how bad it really was. You don't know how bad it really was. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't that terrible. And in this, and obviously, you know, as you know, in this day and age, this isn't 15 years ago or no. 10 years, whatever, when you didn't have a portal, when you didn't have free transfers. And it's, it's just, I just, I just get, and some of the things that he says, I'm just kind of numb to, but that's one of the ones that they kind of, him and I guess the, the, the mafia repeat, like, well, it was so bad. It was so bad. And it's going to be, it's going to take years to rebuild. And it's like, you know, I, I just can't, that's just one I can't, I can't, I can't live with. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say tonight. You know, like I said, I told the, you know, when I called in, I was like, well, I just want to talk about the same thing everybody else is talking about. So hopefully this is over soon and uh, we get back on the right track. Uh, I'm with you, Jason, man. Yeah, um, that's that's where we are. And when, you know, the same thing happens over and over, 12 and 47, 5 and 31 in the ACC, 1 and 26 away from the Yum Center, like, we are numb to it. And that's why, and that's why you had, you know, you had the, the I don't know, it wasn't a full-blown fire, but you had some smoke starting to come out when you beat florida state for for a year or three well maybe this can work well no it's because you beat a bad team at home and we don't win a whole lot and we haven't experienced that as much as we as much as we had in the past and then that just tricks you to believing well maybe maybe this could be well we beat georgia tech well maybe maybe we can get on a run here. Maybe we can generate some momentum. No, you just beat a bad team at home. That's that's all you did. And, you know, you could have you could you could leave KP and the staff at home and just have the players out there. And they some of those opponents they would just beat because they're they're more talented than. Just in, in spite of the coach. But just just take a trip down memory lane. Just even you know, that Mango Mathiang missing that free throw in overtime against Michigan State in the Elite Eight in 2000. Like, that's what it used to be. Like, we, you know, boom, Final Four, National Championship, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Elite Eight in 08, Elite Eight in 09. Tournament trips in 10 and 11. Disappointing first-round exits, but you're in the big dance. Final Four, 05. Patino's first year here in IT, but you win, I believe, 19 games. You make the tournament the following couple of years, and then boom, you're you're back in the Final Four, and then now you're in the race. Like now you're nationally relevant once again. And this program is too good, too big. The infrastructure 
is in place, it will not be down long. It will not be down long. And we, we just got to grind this out, ladies and gentlemen, for a couple of more weeks. And then we, you best believe that this program will be back on top where it rightfully belongs. It feels so weird that it's been so long since Louisville's been in the big dance. Like it just yeah. it's unfathomable just cuz you know me growing up I'm sure you I know you experienced the later crumb years but it was like every year every other year they'd be in the tournament. It's like a one in like yeah. 5 years they would miss the tournament for weird circumstances. But they were in it year in year out and like oh are they going to run this year or is it going to be a first round exit? But that's the beauty of March Madness. Mm-hmm. I hate filling a bracket out. It's less biased, but I hate filling the bracket out when Louisville's not a part of it. I remember in the in the early to mid nineties when I was just, I would uh, remember complaining to my dad like Dad, can we ever get out of the Sweet Sixteen? But like to your point, you're always in the tournament. You're always like a four or five seed. And I just I kept remembering like, man, we're a four seed, but then we play the one every time. Then we'll, then we're gonna get beat. Then we had that Elite Eight run in 97. You're like, okay, okay. And then, you know, the wheels kind of fell off there towards the end. But then Patino comes. You have two Hall of Fame coaches in a 47-year span. Oof. And now we, and now this is where we I are. I don't think uh, Kenny Payne's going to be in the Hall of Fame. No, no. <laughs> I don't think so either, Spence. 8150-939 is the number. Gary is up next on the course at Louisville Basketball Postgame Show. Hey, Gary. Hi guys, how's it going? We're doing all right, man. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> well, in the spirit of Kenny Payne, I did win my household today. <laughs> there you go. Did you win? The, you know, you got up for work, but you won the day. You know what? Tomorrow's a new battle. Tomorrow's a new battle, buddy. Been married almost thirty-five years. So every day's a battle. There you go. Hey, and you're winning it. Now, yeah, th- this is my third call to you guys from uh, in the last month. I'm. I was a former student there, and I'm calling from my right outside Columbus. And yeah, yeah, when they got rid of Chris Holt, Holt, uh, Holtman, and everything like that. By the way, he's a Kentucky kid. Uh, that's where he grew up. Anyway, uh, you know, it's funny. The one caller said, you know, you know, Ohio State standards compared to Louisville. There's no doubt that caller was right. It makes me sick to know <laughs> that Ohio State has more tolerance um, to fire a coach. Than apparently U of L does right now, but uh, anyway, hey, you had the caller, the the the, uh, the doctor, the lady just called, and she was talking about teaching and everything. And when I called in the last time, it was during the uh, after the Georgia Tech game, and um, and I was talking about Curtis Williams and just some of the things I thought I saw in him. And I've noticed like the last three or four games since that game, she's talking about coaching and teaching. Have you noticed? You know, he hasn't. I don't think he scored a point since that game. And I think he had 17 or 19 that night. And when I've been watching, of course, he only had 12 minutes tonight on the floor, statistically. Um, but he just hangs out the three-point line. I'm thinking, you're not teaching this kid to do anything but just hang out the three-point line. Then he gets the ball, rebounds, goes down. You know, he'll hit an outlet pass. Then he'll go from one side to the next and never has him. You know, like cutting across the uh, paint, get, grabbing a shot, driving to the hole. The guy is very long. He's got extremely he, – he's, what, 6'5", I think, listed. But he's one of those guys that probably plays more like 6'7", 6'8", because of his length. And, you know, and that's just one example of – it doesn't seem like they're teaching. Um, the other thing is it seems like it's a different player every game. I mean, you know, a guy will come out and score 25, 30 points, 
and then come out and score no points the next game. It's like Mike James hitting, you know, hitting a wall right now. I mean, you know, there for a while he was their most reliable guy. And then, then he, who, who had the big game at Syracuse? Was it uh, Trey White or whatever? Scored, what, 29 or 30 points or whatever? Came out the next game, zero points. Part of part of coaching and teaching is building consistency within your your team, and and and, and that's what I think a lot of the fans are seeing too. It's just it's really frustrating. That just it's like there's no answers. It's a deer in the headlights. Um, and and, you know? and and Gary, I don't know if you heard this, but in in the post game presser, they were asking him like, "What are you going to do?" You know, you have basically a week to prepare for Duke, and he didn't really have a, a hard fast answer. Like he. It's yeah, kind of like, oh. I did listen. and it's like, yeah. what, what are you like? Well, this is why you're 12 and 47 right there. That, that was a mm-hmm. microcosm of, of why we are where we are. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause you know, I was listening to pressure and I had flipped at that time. I also flipped over and caught the Indian being in big 10 country. I was watching uh, Indiana and Nebraska and I'm sitting there watching Indiana and thinking about what one of the other callers said. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Indiana, Louisville, Indiana, Louisville, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, I mean, marquee programs. I mean, I mean, granted, Louisville's had their, you know, some marquee over the last, you know, 15, 20 years as well, uh, you know, went on a, final, a few Final Fours and a national title and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it should never, ever happen that Indiana and Louisville both suck at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just, you know, with those history. And I, I just think part of, part of the problem with college basketball right now um, or any sport really now is just comes down to people are making the they they're making the wrong hires. Sometimes they're bringing the wrong guys in for the right reason instead of bringing in the right guy for the wrong reason. A lot of times, you know, you, uh, there are just so many bad hires, and then you know you compound it by saying, "Well, we're going to stay an extra year." Or you got a high buyout, you can't afford to let them go, and whatever. And then I don't know. It, 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 it's just, it's just really a mess right now, and. uh uh, one thing I do have to take back from my last call, when I called, I, I threw out the name uh, Chris Collins uh, up at, at Northwestern, and I do realize now I think he's been out there like seven or eight years, and are, they are having some success, but he, he wouldn't be the right fit. And I, uh, My first call, I did actually suggest Nate Oates. But, uh, well, but, then, uh, Gary, if, if Nate Oates is the guy, then I want you calling in here first to celebrate but, that. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I saw him his last year at Buffalo. Uh, my son went to Bowling Green uh, for five years, um, and we're still paying for it. But anyway, um, I watched him coach, and they were in the top 25 that year, his last year. And Bowling Green upset him. And, but I watched him in his pregame, and just how he prepares his team and everything like that. And, uh, uh, I mean, he would be a great fit. Now, you know, the thing I'm noticing, you know, and I love watching SEC football, is, you know, the, the programs, they, they pack them in for football, and they got a damn good conference right now in basketball, but I'll tell you, a lot of those teams in the South, they aren't packing them in, even though they're having a lot of success in basketball. And that's where there's probably three or four coaches right now that could be ripe for the taking just because they say, hey, I'm building a good program here, but our fans aren't coming out to watch us. If I go to a place like Louisville or Indiana and, and I go out and win 19, 20, 25 games, we're going to pack them in. You know, and yeah. I think, and that's, and that's the next coach. It's like you said, it's got to be a grand slam. The next coach, if he comes in, says the right things right away, and they have immediate success, I mean, people are going to have a wait-and-see approach, I'm sure, because everybody's always skeptical. But at Louisville, I think the fans, we've been so ingrained to be you know, good for so many years that just a little bit of success, people are going to immediately 
perk up, start showing the games, and success is going to breed success. And, um, you know, I just uh, I think there's enough of base of players in this team that they can keep a nucleus of four or five. And then, you know, uh, they're probably not going to get much in terms of recruiting because there's nobody's recruiting. There's one kid signed right now, and he's a three-star. Um, they're going to have to rely solely on the portal next year. But, um, you know, uh, it could be a couple-year thing. You know, uh, you, you guys were talking about Kevin Stallings earlier, and I was looking some numbers up while you were there and how bad he was at Pitt. He was there two years. His record was 24-41. and 41. <laughs> Right. So, that, I mean, right says now, it all, man. the way things are going, we would take 24 and 41 right Gosh, now. Gosh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. I, I, I mean, it might. That we would, that's how bad things are that we would accept that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's been rough, man. I appreciate it, Gary. I appreciate you uh, listening to us all the way up from Columbus as well. Tad, you're up next on the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Postgame Show. What's going on, boss? Hey, Ethan, how are you doing? I, Just, I'm uh, trying to get through uh, this, man. I get, we all are. You're doing a great job. Thanks for the therapy. Um, just uh, calling in response in response to Doctor Soon, and I couldn't agree with her more that teaching um, the coaching staff gets an F minus, the lowest grade possible. Um, it's it's awful, but um, I, I disagree that um, the players shouldn't have a significant amount of responsibility for this because these these guys know better. These guys, I don't I don't care about the whole AAU thing. They know how to play defense. They know to get back. They know to guard their man, um, and they're not blameless for this. Um, even if they get no coaching on defense, they've been playing basketball, you know, for their entire. Yeah, for 15 years in most of it. And they know the basic concepts of defense. They're not being coached on it, obviously, but they know it. And there's effort involved here. And if you look out there and you see, you know, Trey White, and you see Sky, you can see the effort in there. So the, the, the players are not blameless in this. So you can't really just put it all on Kenny. Ninety percent of it goes on him and the coaching staff, but um, these guys know better. Uh, and and especially tonight, um, you know, you could just see the the lack of of effort. And you know, God love him. I, I love Mike James, and I agree with people that he's a guy we need to to keep. But he was terrible tonight. I mean, he was lost and. Um, it, there's no excuse for that. And you can't just say, I feel bad for these guys because they are losing an opportunity. They are. That's true. They're losing an opportunity and perhaps jeopardizing their future. But that's not all on the coaching staff. They can rise above it, and um, and they should be able to, to a large degree, rise above it to, I mean, they should be able to rise above it more than they win. So a lot of a lot of it, a lot of it is on them too. I uh, and don't, I don't disagree with we, that at all. Yeah. I don't think we could just you know you can't put it all on him. Uh, you can put a, a lot of it on the coaching staff, sure. but uh, these guys know better, yeah. and they are they are better. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, a lot of it is perhaps that if the expectations are not being articulated to them. I mean, I'm just, I watched Mike tonight uh, lose, you know, the coach's son who scored a career high, get lost seven times on his seven three pointers. And I thought, why? I mean, put Zan in. Yeah. Zan could be a better guy. I think James, uh, to your point, uh, Tad, I, I think you're spot on, man. I appreciate the phone call with James defensively this year. I mean, he hasn't been good, especially perimeter defense. He's He's been a step slow. He doesn't close out um, effectively. A lot of the times his hands aren't up, and he's just a step slow. And you're right, Tad, man. He got, he got cooked by Shrewsbury all game long. But you've seen that from him, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The lack of teaching, the lack of of fundamentals, the lack of you know the coaching staff not getting through their message that they're allegedly hammering home to the players. But that's the same nonsense we heard last year. Well, I'm telling them to do it; they're just not. Let's get to a couple of texts before we get to a couple of Jameses uh, as they are on hold. Texter says, "Just cough or laugh." Uh, if I heard Bob say he talked to McDermott tonight at the game, beans spilled? No, I think he was referring to talking to Coach McDermott from Creighton. I think he did a national game with Creighton. I think so, too. And that and they that's where they spoke. Uh, Texter says, Ethan, I knew where this was going after we lost to Leanne Rimes last season. KP is not a head coach, never was, never will be. He might be a great assistant, but he's not a head coach. It's time to move on. Chris the Plumber. Yes, Chris, I agree. I think, listen, at the end of the day, KP is a great mentor. I think he's shown that in his time, whether it be in the NBA with the Knicks or with the team up the road or Oregon. That's his role. Like I think he he does well in that role, but he's just not a head coach. I just, I, just I, not. Yeah, I think he's a good mentor. Like you said, Like obviously player development, with like he was supposedly the big man whisperer when he's an assistant. I mean, BHH has, yeah. has improved. I just don't know if you're a head coach how you hire this guy just off of these two years where he has taken next to no ownership of anything. Yeah, and, and it's puzzling. Yeah, and also like the next year when they do the introductory press conference with the new coach, we might have some reports that's the most basic questions because of how like just right out of sorts things where he's like. What's your you know offensive philosophy? What are you gonna do when the going gets tough? Like just some base like how's you gonna take recruiting? It's like I got hired to be myself to go out there, utilize the portal. That's, they're gonna give some answers that might sound smart ass just because some of the questions might be so basic, given that we've been kind of dumbed down by the last two years. Yeah, I mean, but again, once you see number one, you see the play on the court, you see the results that we've had. And then you hear his answers when asked questions, and it's all generalities. There's nothing, uh, there's no nuts and bolts to what he's saying. It's all just, well, we need to fight, and we didn't fight. Well, what are you doing in practice? We're working really hard. No, you're not. Like, if you were working hard defensively, you wouldn't be abysmal. Like, you just wouldn't. Now, you might not make all the shots. You might have scoring droughts. You might turn the ball over trying to trying to make a play, but defensively, with effort and repetition in teaching the fundamentals, like that's not you're not playing hard because you're you're allowing these bum teams to beat you. 
at the end of the day, that's that is the case. A couple more texts, and we'll get to James number one and James number two. Texter says, "Look, guys, don't take the air out of my balloon. I wanted to blow out tonight so we can fire this coach. Don't tell me he's finishing out still. He's got to go. I think he's still going to finish out here, but yeah, I mean, and I think I want to expand on this briefly." We, you know, because that's a lot of the text is saying he should be fired now. I think, I don't know this, but the vibe that I've gotten over the last few weeks is that UofL wants to make sure he has every opportunity. And again, the time has passed. I get it. But at the end of the day, when they make a move, and they are, that they gave him every opportunity this season to right the wrongs of last year, and he has failed. We've done this, 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 and this, and you're 8-19 and and dead last in the ACC. That's where I think we're going with this at the end. And and I know, listen, he he has failed miserably, but I think at this point you got one more road game, three more home games, and an ACC tournament game, and then we can move on. James number one. What's going on, man? Yeah, I take it that's me? Yes, sir. All right. Um, well, I, I really loved – I tuned in right to, uh, whenever the, uh, the doctor or professor there was uh, talking about teaching. I actually started coaching when I was 18 years old. I got pressed into service by the league that uh, I played for in baseball, and I just took to it like water. And one of the points I'd like to make is you get a lot of coaches' sons, which I was, have that, that football or that, base, that, that sports quotient, the high IQ for the sport. They know all the little things. And absolutely, I want to jump on the, the teacher aspects. I taught body mechanics, and I knew all the sports, so I could teach them how to do whatever it was the sport that I was coaching at the time. That's point number one. Point number two, you, there are leaders and there are uh, people that support leaders you got the alpha males, and then you got the beta males that support. Kenny is simply a beta male. That is pure and simple. I never thought that he was. Uh, maybe, you know, the rest of the community did, but for my family and friends that heard me speak a couple years ago, I said, this is wrong, this is wrong, it's not going to work. He doesn't have what it takes. He might be good in the wings, like you, you said a couple calls ago. But he's never had that leadership position where he's the man. Everything flows from him. And that's what a good organization does. It starts at the top. We had Denny Crum. It started from the top. Rick Pitino. Okay, point number that's point number two. Uh, third thing, I was just going to bring up the movie Hoosiers with Gene Hackman. He went in there. He was he was a teacher. Remember at the high school, mm-hmm. but then he got he put those boys in conditioning. And it just every time I see that movie or think about it, I always think about Rick Pitino in the old uh, Freedom Hall, where he had hustle stats put up on the uh, oh, yeah. on the marquee board. Right next he would to just the Pepsi the sign. Right. right. Yep. It, it was hustle stats. You didn't have to steal the ball. Just tip it away and knock it out of bounds. I want to see us. And I guarantee you, those first, all those years he was there, suicides were done whenever you made a mistake. You learned and you had accountability. It's, uh, the guy before said, well, those players, they ought to know they've been playing long enough. They should have did it. Well, what he didn't say was they should have been playing for pride, which they should have. But still, when you're not held accountable, you're going to slack off. Yes. These boys are not being held accountable by a leader. Okay, that's my third point. 
fourth and final point, I want to throw in a hat. Again, two years ago, whenever the Kenny Payne started, I said, uh-oh, he seems to be a lock because this community wants their homeboy back. Well, I had watched a guy in the NCAA two years. Never knew. I didn't even know the guy's name. He was coaching. But I saw the way his team was playing. And it's absolutely, again, a reflection of the guy at the top. Arkansas's Eric Musselman. The guy has 25 years as a, as a head coach at the collegiate level, Nevada and Arkansas, between the two. And he has a winning record. He, it's two-to-one winning record. He's winning 66% of the games. That's somebody, if we could peel him away from there, because his style of basketball is just like Rick Pitino's. It would be exciting for this town. We would love for him to come here and coach. So my, my money is going to be for Eric Musselman. And if y'all can talk about that for a minute, uh, heard him bounce around or what his contract is there at Arkansas. He's been there since 2019, so he's got five years in. He's probably, you know, could get peeled off, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, James, number one, appreciate the phone call, man. Briefly on Eric Musselman. Uh, his buyout is very reasonable. I believe it's just at a million dollars or less. Um, just as a couple of weeks ago, his winning percentage was .714. At uh, Nevada, he made it to a Sweet 16, had several 20-win seasons. I think one year he won 28 or 29 games there, parlayed that into the Arkansas job, who uh, since has been to two Elite Eights and a Sweet 16 there. He is 13-13 and 13 this year. Um, but, yes, to your point, very exciting offensive, uh, offensive teams. I don't know. what's It's just not working there. The only issue with Muss is, is that he doesn't stay in places very long. But again, with where we are now, if you can move on from pain and get a muscleman, I mean, you know, listen, all these coaches are going to have something that we don't like. And a lot of ones, a lot of the coaches that have been mentioned a lot, a la Musselman uh, or McCronin, they're not having a good year this year. But they've had great runs leading up to that. Make it UCLA with a Final Four and two Sweet 16s, and then Musk, like I just mentioned, at Arkansas with a Sweet 16 and two Elite 8s. I think that we would sign up for Elite 8 runs and Sweet 16 runs, given that we've lost 47 games in the last two years. Just saying. James, number two, you're still number one in our hearts. What's going on, man? Man, as always, thank you for doing this so late. It's unbelievable we keep doing this. <laughs> Man, we're gonna change that narrative, dude. It's we got we got five more games, a couple more weeks. Well, you know, I I'm, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I I I don't know if we could take much more of this. I mean, um, James, real quick, Kentucky just lost at the buzzer. They did lose in the buzzer. See, I'm looking at it, and they were winning. All right, well, good. Well, all right, one. Spence <laughs> just told me, so I just I had, oh, to, I had to throw that out there. I'm sorry, the team up the road. Excuse me. Interrupt me anytime you anytime the team down the road loses that should be first first serve sir. So anyway, that's the thing though. It doesn't even matter. Like we're so bad. Yep. That it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I know I mean look, after tonight surely we can have an announcement as a fan base. The fan base do, do you not agree that the fan base deserves to hear something? Gee. I mean I just I I don't understand the logic of going another week. We got a week off. Just announce something and say, "Look, we're putting our name. We're we're putting our head out there. We have to." I think, though, I get it. I think 
I would like to see if, if they could potentially say, hey, this is the direction that we're moving in, but we're going to finish the year out with them, if, if that was the case. But, but I, I think, though, too, like I, like I mentioned earlier, the vibe that I've gotten, again, with, with speaking to several people over the last couple of weeks, I think once the season ends, UofL wants to say, we gave him every opportunity, we gave him enough time, to, to fix this problem, and he didn't even, do it. But, but Ethan, did, what's his record again? 12, 12 and 47. And I <laughs> get it. What are we talking about right now? What do, we, what do you need to see? <laughs> the, listen, the oven, the, the switch on the oven, tell Bob it's broke. There ain't nothing we can do about it. Oh, yeah. We can't break it. That oven's been broken, yet for a long it's time. Broke. Like, it's, if you know the answer already, then why 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 delay it? I think I think it's going to have to do something with the buyout at the end. I honestly do. I think I, I would think fight for the if, buyout. You fight him and say and if you say, well, we're going to fight you for the buyout. Well, and they're going to say, well, because you didn't win any games, my man. Yeah. Well, and hopefully though, too, James. Hopefully that when they come to an agreement, that it will be less than what is owed. Again, he doesn't. He doesn't technically owe the he university does. that. He could get what he's he doesn't getting. doesn't deserve a dime. Uh, well, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. He, he made it he worse. He doesn't deserve a dime. I'd yeah. fight him in court, I'll be honest. Yeah. Right. Any judge in this state would look at that and be like, man, look, I, I know I wouldn't get paid. Yeah. I know, but that that's would the coaching gig. No, absolutely not. Nope. Would I wouldn't I wouldn't get a cent. But but that con, you know, he signed that contract, and that's that's the thing with college man. coaches, man. It's like a high stakes man. job. And you get paid if you fail. But I think at the Ooh. end, man, I think, and I want you to call back at the end once this announcement's made and see and see how you're feeling about that. Because, again, I was I was with you after we lost the team up the road. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's move on. But I, man, he should have never got a job in the first place. He should have never got an interview. Period. I'm sorry. I've been, that's me from the get-go on this. And I was I was criticized for saying it. I was told I was the Kentucky fan. I was t- I was told everything. Yeah. The reason why the building's locked is because of me going up there. And that, it, yeah, and that's and but see, and fact. that, and hopefully too, once we have another coach. And thanks as always, man, for your for your phone call and your and your passion, James. And I think too, once we get this coach, this is going to be the opportunity for the fan base to reunite, and we'll get back on the same page. I do kind of feel like Spence. Maybe you can you can second this or push back if that's the case. I do feel like in the social media realm that everybody's kind of on the same page and they kind of understand that this is not work. This has failed, and you know we're going to ride this thing out for a couple more weeks, and then we're making a change. Yeah, I, I got to, that sense tonight. Yeah, I try to find some accounts that I remember that were very adamant. Like we got to give them a year three. And a lot of them I know have been like, okay, this is this <laughs> yeah. gone. Like, yeah. if they were still on the wagon, they're off the the wheels are off the wagon at this point. Like, it's broken. You need new wheels. Uh, but yeah, this is, I guess, it's close until it's decided. Like, there's not a single chance in hell it's coming back next year. He may not make it again. We both think he will. He may not make it to the next. That's this conversation that Josh has to have. Uh, is like, what do you do? Like, do you just rip, rip Bandit off right now and just say, call it a day? Again, I think, like I said, me and you think he's old Coach Duke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, and at this point, too, the season's – so, 
so for for fans like James, they're like, and, and I totally understand it. Get rid of him. Obviously, at twelve and forty-seven, five and thirty-one in the ACC, like he has failed. This is not working. But I still think, like like tonight, results like tonight, the U of L administration can be like, I mean, coach, like, what do you want us to do with this? You, there's no way we're gonna give you a year three when you're eight and nineteen and finishing dead last in the ACC. So I think with these results. It's only bolstering their side to move on after the season. Yeah, no, he cannot be shocked when he gets oh, his walking no. If he If he tries to pull one like, I didn't expect this. Like, I like, thought I was going to get enough time to turn then, this around, and I didn't have enough time. Well, no, you're delusional at that point. Yeah, and you, and exactly. But that that's my point to where I think that's where U of L is, is saying if that was the response, and we're like, well, you had your team – a full season, and you won nine games. Sorry. You don't get more time when you're that bad. You lost 50 games in two years, coach. Should we should we give you another year for losing? Like, And that's why I think at the end, of, that's why, again, I would be shocked if they made a move. I mean, again, I wouldn't be shocked if they said, hey, KP's going to finish the year out, and however, we're going to make it, you know, but I don't. I don't even think that's going to happen. But more results like this only bolsters U of L's position. Right? Exactly. I mean, think of it in those terms. As much as you, as much as the fans that want them gone and they want them gone yesterday, think of that. You're going to get smacked by Duke. And I'll reel off the stats one more time. Bang out some text, and we'll wrap up tonight. Twelve and forty-seven overall. 5 and 31 in ACC play, 1 and 26 away from the Yum Center. Out of the 47 losses, 31 of them have been by double digits. Out of the out of those 31 double digit losses, tw- 13 of them now, 13 of them now have been by 20 points or more. It's fireable. He's firing himself. Again, like if it had been like if this was a one-off, you know, like that Providence game years ago with yeah. Rick where it's, it's like how did that happen? If it's a one-off, you can, I'm not going to say excuse, but you can understand that then. Mm-hmm. This is a constant night in and night out. It's like, how hey, much are you going to lose by? Exactly. Like, I mean, they were favored tonight. Yeah. I, I took Notre Dame on the money line. I was not worried about that at all. I a took bit, L minus a point and a half. When Sky and Tyler were ruled healthy, I yeah, was like. Yeah, like, they're going to win. I, gonna win. I, I thought like, they have a better chance to win, but I don't even know. But see, that's where we are. If they didn't play, how much did they lose by? Oh goodness gracious! Does Braden hit like twelve threes on yes. us? Yes. Go off I mean, like Henson did last exactly. week. <laughs> yeah, Shrewsbury Henson is gonna you know bang us for forty one. All right, so uh, a few more texts. Um, somebody the texter says that Jerry Eves Colt thinks he'll get a third year. Jerry's uh, apparently in attendance tonight. Yeah, yeah. Did you see him there? No, no, I didn't. So. Um, I know he'll blame the fans. And he's got to take some responsibility for, you know, stumping as hard as he did. Okay, Jerry, you, you wanted it. Now, okay, are you just going to admit, like, my bad, I messed up. I'm going to stay out of future coaching hires. I mean, you should when you're the guy that you wanted has been this bad. Texture says, Ethan, who really cares? I'm dead inside. Hey, 
We're, we're going to bring you back to life when this new coach is, is announced here in the next few weeks. Texter says, with 19 losses, unless you win the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament is guaranteed, you're going to have back-to-back 20 loss seasons for the first time in program history. Unfortunately, Texter, you are correct. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, dating back to 1944-45, 80 years, Louisville has had just two 20-loss seasons. With the next loss... This will be Louisville's third 20-loss season in 80 years, and the current head coach is responsible for two of them. Again, firing yourself. KP is trending on Twitter X. Yes. Um, honest question, and I'm fully prepared to get flamed for asking, what is the point of coming on after every game and being so negative and ugly? I mean, I'm not being ugly or negative. When you get busted by a weak team and all of the stats that I just laid out before you, that's on the team. We've been positive when it's warranted. We've been negative when it's warranted. We react how the game goes. We're not going to sit here and feel about 22 and not be negative about it. Yeah. I mean, and then listen, if you, you know, I don't think I was being ugly. It's just, it's the facts are ugly, the, the results are ugly. The, the statistics, the trends are ugly. And it's not being negative. It's not me being negative. It's the team being terrible that's the negative. There was a moment in the game. It was like the 10-50 mark. I'm sure it continued down under 10 minutes. Where Louisville only had three guys that had a basket at that point. That's, that was like Sky Clark, uh, BHH, and I forget who the other one was. Does it matter? No. But yeah, you know, we had three guys thirty minutes into the game that had a basket. Everyone else couldn't get it's like, anything to fall. It's like it's 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 like snippets like that. It's just so bad. I mean, it's almost like you gotta laugh every once in a while because you're gonna drive yourself crazy. Texture says, "Is the two million dollar uh, buyout money really going to make this any better?" Go to KP tonight. Tell him six million if he walks away today. Otherwise, the AD is taking press questions tomorrow. Texter says, I just wish Kenny Payne would accept some level of responsibility and quit putting it completely on the players. At least that way I could have respect for him. Texter says, I agree on booing too. They are getting paid. And as Denny used to say, you get what you earn. KP teams have earned boos for two straight years and counting. Texter also says he's been in the game for 50 years and did not understand how to use fouls or to give clock management in games two and three last year. All of this incompetence was a certainty. Do you think there was any legit interview process he had to go through? I think there was, but I don't think there was many other candidates that were serious candidates going forward. Yeah, like um, obviously there was a couple of names just mentioned, but I don't know if they ever got interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it was, you know, these, I mean, they kind of did zero in on him, but it was because that's what you could afford at the time. Mm-hmm. There's, should be no budgetary constraints this time around. If you're a serious program, you find the money somehow, some way, make it work. Yeah. Texter says, I watched a show today evaluating ACC teams to the Big 12 after the ACC breakup. They ranked Virginia Tech, Pitt, and NC State as bigger blue bloods than us. Oh, the Texter's going to want to get me talking conference realignment, but I won't. Yeah, I think if the ACC ever breaks up um, Louisville to the Big 12, I'd I'm very confident Louisville could land there. 
Texter says going forward, it is a concern. Is it a concern that our AD structured KP's contract for the buy down to decrease at the end of March rather than the end of the regular season? Seems like it wasn't well enough thought out for a guy in charge of a $100 million budget. I will say this. I spoke to some some people in the agent industry, and they were saying that KP's buyout is extremely reasonable in this day and age because most coaches would get the full salary. Well, contractually, after March 31st, KP would only, and I'm putting only in air quotes, six million dollars well he would be owed contractually for four more years so four times 3.35 is 13 million so in those terms like when it's once it was explained to me in those terms i was like well yeah i guess in today's market that is better also Uh, i think it's standard for to be quote april 1st versus march 1st i think it's just kind of a standard like end of season thing and the only time i've ever seen someone like bite the bullet was i think it was i want to say it was butler a couple years back they actually waited till April 1st when the buyout dropped to let go of their coach because mm-hmm. they wanted to save the $2 million, whatever it was, in that scenario. That's the only time I can recall yeah. someone waiting out to or, avoid or, paying extra money. Or maybe you move on and say it's effective April 1st. I don't know the legality. Yeah. Behind the, I would like to know that, though. Exactly. Can you legally say effective this day? But then you do a coaching search and hopefully get pinned to paper. Like how, Again, I don't know. I'm not expert on contract law here texter says let kp finish the season and that way he can always wear these losses letting him go just now passes his mess to someone else yeah i mean i think too overall that's going to be U of L stance like we're going to give him the whole season we're going to give him everything that he needed and this is still going to be the result this is why we're moving on i think that's just bolstering their case i don't know i get it people want him to move on um props to this texter um he asked about what is the point of coming on after being so and being negative money? So thank you for answering it. I get it. Appreciate that. See, we can have a conversation. We can agree to disagree and keep it moving. See, I like I like having discussions like that. Texture says the point is we're Louisville basketball. We care a lot about basketball and we like to talk about the games. Um, there's nothing possible but negativity because we're losing so much. Yeah. Tonight put me over the edge of hope. It's time to move on. Five more games of this. Coaching contracts, Texture says, should be made to decrease off a disastrous year, just like they receive bonuses for hitting the high mark. Don't disagree with that at all. Love the show, Ethan, but got to go hate listen to Gandolfo. <laughs> yes, when the team up the road, I've heard. I don't blame them for that. Uh, I actually, because our TVs in here are broken right now for some reason, so I have my phone on. And so the team up the road hits a shot with about, 15 seconds to go or something like that. LSU, no timeouts. They just go down the court, and it's kind of a broken play. The first shot attempt gets blocked. The guy gets a rebound. Then he kind of just throws an alley-oop attempt. The guy gets it, kind of tips it in, like in front of the basket. You got to watch it on uh, oh, I'll watch Twitter it. for sure, oh, guys. Yes. Uh, it was a broken play, and I don't know if it's going to be as infamous as like the Watford shot is, where they just cringe when they see that. Yeah. But – it was beautiful to it's, see. So this is funny. I, I, you, you bring this up. So we've gotten a, uh, a flurry of texts a few minutes ago. Man, I've heard this post game forty seven times. May need You're to not switch wrong. to six eighty to enjoy their pain. Love you, Ethan. But I'm switching to the UK post game. It's apathy at this point. I wanted to see more fire about getting rid of the coach in charge of our team. Oh, so, when we wrap up, my way home is gonna be on the ESPN six eighty oh, entire yeah, way home <laughs> for sure, dude. So Texture says so glad I stayed up listening that. 
Yeah, UK loss mention made the night. Same. Well, happy to happy to do that for you. Scott Drew, national championship coach. Not many out there. I believe KP will resign and work a deal for a lesser buyout. I don't know if he'll resign, but I am confident. I, I'm expecting, rather. I don't want to say confident. I'm expecting that when they part ways, it will be a mutual parting of ways, and I would not be surprised to see the buyout number less than $6 million. Just saying. That's I, I feel like that. I would not be surprised if that took place. Let's see. No way we should fire him tonight and make some interim coach take this team against Duke next week and get crushed by 40. He can, needs to continue to sit in it. It would be funny, though, if the interim coach was Nolan Smith and he returns back to Cameron Indoor and he's the they announce his name because I don't think it ended perfectly there. And although he did win a title with the Devils, I think he'd get a lot of booze coming back there, facing off against John Shire, who, again, did not end on good terms with that. But, again, I think Kenny Payne's still the coach there next Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Hey, let's see. Let's see. If if Hurd is being controlled by upper management over $2 million and the whole agenda narrative that's going on, uh, he needs to resign. Why wait? At least announce that we're on the market. Uh, each day and game goes by, it feels troubling. Texture, don't sweat that. Don't sweat that. There, there is a plan in place. And then at the end of the day, I think I think it's going to become clearer why UofL did what they did. And Texture said, what is the prospect for players next year? It's going to be the portal. Because there's certainly not anybody in the high school ranks unless... You get a coach that wants to bring some of his dudes here that he's already committed to play for him at another school. Is that what we need to look out for is who has the best recruiting class for next year? Again, I don't think we should necessarily, but I would kind of want to take a peek at like Alabama or Baylor's recruiting class to see. I mean, I'm sure, again, these guys can play here. I think if anywhere, especially if they're committed to that coach, they're going to fit that coach's system, you would think. Yeah, yeah. Texter says, serious question, but Coach Prime won more games coaching this team than KP. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He'd fire him up enough to do that. Like, look, look, you saw Colorado. They didn't have the best year, but the excitement was there. They showed glimpses. You know what I mean? They were the talk of college football. That is what Louisville with KP should have been last year. The talk, well, you know, Louisville didn't have the best year, but they did this. They showed the fans that. All right, let's hit up your ACC standings presented by Kelly, the employment solution experts. Visit kellyjobs.com. Louisville's next opponent, number eight, Duke, uh, leads the ACC alongside in-state rival North Carolina. Both teams are 12-3. and three. Virginia, number three at 11-5. Wake Forest is 9-6. and six. Clemson, Pitt. NC State and Florida State are all eight and seven. Syracuse is eight and eight. Virginia Tech is seven and eight. Boston College is six and nine. Miami, six and ten. Notre Dame improves to five and ten. Georgia Tech, four and twelve. And the Cards, three and thirteen, now have a losing record on their home court uh, with this embarrassing loss this evening. 
Yikes. Now, before we wrap up, let's go to the UPS Jobs Top 25 scoreboard. Shift your future at UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobs.com. Going to scroll up here to the Top 25 and the scores. And I just pulled up that. Uh, the rankings, not the score. So let me get that. But before we do that, we'll hit you up with the landing paints points in the paint. BHH contributed the vast majority of them. And a core of four, both of those gentlemen combined for 16 points and seven rebounds. That is your landing paints points in the paint. If I can find what I need to find, I'm going to, I'm going to give you all these top 25 scores. Because I know one of them is a great score. <laughs> Come hell or high water, I'm, I'm going to do that. I just, some of these, you know, I have this app. I got the Yahoo Sports app, and it's they've updated it, and it's really good most of the time. But, like, sometimes, too, that I think they've made, they've made it so much, fan, so much fancier, or they've tried, that it's just like, dude, just keep it simple. If you want to defer to me, I can just go ahead and read I the got scores. You. I got you now. <laughs> Uh, Marquette, number seven, Marquette. The Fighting Shaka Smarts beat DePaul 105 to 71, and they covered the 27 and a half points. I, I thought about taking that, but I stayed away. But damn, that, they did cover. Dude, I'm telling you. Three win DePaul team? I, yeah, they're not going to win. Not, game. It's not a good team. Yeah. And we lost to those bums. I think a play just to, just to go like whatever this and I and I lost because they covered against Providence. I'm going to just bet against the ball the rest of the time on the point spread. Richard Patino's Lobos are beating number 22 Colorado State currently in the second half about 7 minutes ago 53 to 45. LSU victorious over the, the number 17 team up the road 75 to 74. Number 8 Duke all over Miami. 84 to 55. The Canes fall to 15 and 12. What was thought to be a really, really good win, a quad one win, is now not the case as Miami is NIT bound. Number 13, Alabama, Nate Oates and company beat number 24, Florida, in overtime, 98 93. George Mason upsets number 16, Dayton, 71 67. Number 12, Illinois. Loses to Penn State, ninety to eighty-nine. There, Penn State improves to just thirteen and fourteen. Illinois falls to nineteen and seven. Penn State also Michael Shrewsbury, former employer. There you look at that. And they got the win, and they actually play that not at their actual home court. There's like a a different place that was like a smaller venue that looked packed, and they obviously stormed the court when they beat Illinois, but. Man, this year in college basketball is just so wild. It is. It I, is. I need to stop betting road teams, I think. Yeah. Just, but, you never know. I know. The allure is yeah. too much. It's too strong. That'll do it for us tonight, man. I want to thank everybody for calling and texting in, staying up late with us, and what has been another frustrating season as the cars fall to 8-19 and 19 overall, 3-13, and 13, and dead last in the ACC. Fear not, ladies and gentlemen. We will get back to our rightful place in the college basketball world sooner rather than later. I'm Ethan Moore. Thank you guys so much once again for staying up late with us. This bad boy will be podcasted here shortly. I want to thank Spencer Brown behind the glass as well. Keep it locked to ESPN Louisville Diener Show tomorrow morning at 7. I'm sure they're going to be talking about this game 
as well. Have a good night, everybody. Until next time, go Cards. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.